Having a more collaborative relationship between the CFO and the CISO is becoming critically important. As CISOs work to secure budgets for cybersecurity enhancements, more are learning that aligning their cybersecurity plans and strategies with those of the CFO can prove successful. And likewise, CFOs know that they need to spend more on cybersecurity and risk management. Here, Dr. Chris Pearson, Chief Information Security Officer at Invoicing and Payments Provider ViewPost, explains why this marriage between the CISO and the CFO makes sense and how leading organizations are setting the pace and are using this collaboration to strengthen IT security. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So Chris, you've noted that too many businesses are missing opportunities to embrace what you call the business of cybersecurity. Can you explain what you mean? Absolutely, Tracy. Thank you, and thank you to those folks that are joining us today. So there are many opportunities that the CFO and the CSO or CISO can work together and collaborate. Uh, both of these groups, uh, whether it's from the financial side or security side, or even infrastructure and technology side, they all share this common bond of making sure that there's a strong, good foundation of goodwill and trust for the company, but also making sure that they focus on business making sure that all ideas are brought back to the business of the company, and focusing broader on risks as opposed to specific pieces of technology. Sometimes in this translation between uh, finance and technology, and especially finance and security, we're losing the audience in terms of these controls. So there's naturally increased time and attention from the board, increased time and attention from shareholders, and increased time and attention from the CEO on the importance of cybersecurity, we need to do so much more from a business perspective, and we need to focus on the impact of uh, things as opposed to the technology. So focus on risk, not necessarily directly security, and focus in on the impact and do so in a business-first format. So Chris, how would you say this so-called business of cybersecurity has evolved or changed in the last year? I think that over the past year with uh, notable breaches of uh, OPM from the government side as well as other large retailer breaches impacting all different segments of the market, a few things have changed. Number one, there's a much greater sense of awareness at all levels in the company on the import of cybersecurity as a key control to the company doing business with consumers or businesses in terms of the products or services that they offer. So that's first and foremost, is that the amount of attention uh, that this is getting from inside the company, the CEO, the board, and or shareholders is just uh, unlike what it's been previously. Second, in terms of those items that are in the news and that are extraordinarily noticeable, then this is also an area that has brought about and shined a, a light on the industry of cybersecurity and the import of these controls as they exist within organizations. And a lot more companies are saying, could this happen to us? Could this impact our customers? Could this impact our business? And what do we need to do uh, here to get into a better or more controlled state? And finally, I would say that in terms of the cost of cybersecurity breaches and the cost of cybercrime, the amount of data and amount of independent research that is coming out in this area all signs are that this is an extraordinarily lucrative area for criminals to be in. It is one that often goes totally unpunished and unprosecuted. And as a result, it really is hitting the bottom lines of companies in terms of uh, their spending uh, to proactively prevent uh, these items, but more so on the reactive side in terms of attorneys, customer reach out, additional controls, forensics, and other types of cybercrime costs. So there is a lot more bottom line impact that is coming uh, in front of the company and has done so 
in the past year. Chris, you'll be giving a presentation at the RSA conference in San Francisco later this month about this very topic, helping CISOs and CFOs understand why working together can help them communicate more effectively with their boards and upper management. Why would you say that this topic is of such wide interest right now? The topic of cybersecurity is front of mind for everyone. It's front of mind for all the executives and officers and the boards of the companies. It's definitely on the minds of the security professionals at the company. But how to get this done, how to get the business of cybersecurity done, how to increase the goodwill and the trust of the companies is just a topic that we haven't adequately explored. And recent surveys have shown that nearly two-thirds, so nearly 67% of CFOs are either highly concerned or concerned about a cyber attack on their company, whether it's denial of service or some virus outbreak or the theft of data. So what we're seeing is that cybersecurity as a topic is moving throughout the organization and impacting and touching other individuals that are outside of the pure technology realm. It's important that we talk about this in depth at RSA, for example, because it's a perfect melding of uh, governance, risk, and compliance professionals, attorneys, as well as cybersecurity professionals and privacy professionals. So it is definitely ripe for discussion, ripe for debate. And how we actually get to a better place is by really understanding the drivers behind the financial world and behind the security world educating the partners, and making sure that we set them up for success in terms of future collaborations. Uh, the two are both absolutely on the same team in terms of ensuring that business uh, gets done and gets done in a safe and efficient manner, but doing so in a way that actually preserves the business opportunities and profit of the company. So definitely a timely topic, and as we move into 2016, it's becoming even more timely between the technical professionals and the CFO. Chris, do you see more companies, and maybe when I say companies, I should say upper management, embracing this collaboration between the CISO and the CFO, or does that concern them in some ways? You know, that's an interesting question. I think that internally uh, within companies, they're reaching out for help and guidance on this topic. We have a large number of publications that are third-party publications, uh, those from GAP that are coming into the financial world of making sure that you know CFOs are aware of cybersecurity issues and urging them to reach out and collaborate with others, the CIO and the CISO, as well as documents coming from COSA and COBIT and other national associations of corporate directors in terms of you know, messaging that they're sending to uh, folks that are on uh, board of director or board of manager roles. So it's definitely the light is being shined in this area in terms of all those other constituencies of telling them, of urging them to gain greater collaboration with the security professionals at the company. I will say this, is that I am uh, seeing a trend that I'm not necessarily supportive of. I'm a little concerned about it, which is that the, the CISO and CSO positions still to this day are often relegated purely within a technological place within the company. So that is reporting into the chief information officer. The two things are very separate and distinct. The information officer is very much aligned with operational efficiency, performance, uptime availability, not necessarily the confidentiality, i.e. the security of that data. And the security folks are much more aligned with ensuring that they protect and preserve the branding goodwill of the company and the data that they have and hold. So I am seeing a need for this conversation because of that and because we keep on heading down this path of the lack of recognition of two separate foundational elements, two separate partnerships, two separate collaborations within the company. But when we are able to do that and separate out these roles, I think there will be increased collaboration with the chief financial officer or the other financial folks at the company because what you'll really have is kind of tri-party talks of lawyers or, uh, and technology professionals 
security professionals and the finance professionals all at the same table and on equal footing with equal budget to support the needs that they have. And the security budgets and the security footing are very much so uh, separate and distinct from the availability footing that most CIOs are on. So then to whom should the CISO report? Are you saying the CISO should report directly to the CEO as the CIO does? Everything depends upon the culture of the organization and the size of the organization that you have. It also depends upon the leaders that you have in those positions. So you can't say that exclusively uh, there should always be a direct reporting line. I think what we can say is this, is that the way that things are currently working, which is the presumption that because they are both technology oriented or involve technology, that they should both be within the same fiefdom, the same area, I think that we can, we can uh, uh, conclude that that is not working and probably will not work in the future. What is needed is a separate risk voice, separate security voice, because at the end of the day, all companies are information technology companies. Uh, in this world where everything is flat, and where so much of our e-commerce business is just done in ones and zeros. The need for a separate risk-based, security-based, but very, very business-minded security function is absolutely there and separate and distinct from a CIO. Once again, it depends upon the business and the culture of the company that you're at, but there is an absolute need, just in the same vein as uh, chief compliance officers and general counsels, uh, should also be separated and distinct uh, from other entities and groups so that they can give the honest and real advice and guidance and feedback that uh, the business is then able to take action upon. The same thing for the security world. This is not a, just because things are technology-based, not a group that should just be naturally uh, subsumed by the CIO's office or even the CTO's office. So Chris, let's look at the financial space specifically. Do you see more of this collaboration going on at the banking institution level? So within the financial world, uh, I think you see a few different things. Uh, most financial organizations are established more under a CIO, chief technology officer uh, group. Uh, the CFO being that person's uh, peer, uh, and then a compliance and risk organization, separate and distinct. And some advisors there that are cybersecurity oriented, more privacy oriented, but you still see within the large uh, banks and financial institutions, the CISO, the CSO uh, being subsumed and in, in within that CIO organization. So I do see some problems still continuing to this day in that area. The largest banks have great traction in this area, and through uh, the different committees, uh, through the American Bankers Association as well as other alliances, they have been quite successful at getting budget dollars and making a business case for cybersecurity. Uh, however, the relationships are not necessarily ticked and tied between the CFO's office and the office of the CSO or CISO. It is much more of a subsumed uh, fashion by the CIO. I think that breaking down some of those walls, some of those barriers, would allow for better understanding of the risks that are out there, but more so allow the chief security officer the opportunity and chance to understand the business of the entity they are working at and just setting up those controls that are commensurate with making business happen. So banks that are pushing out into you know, uh, different mobile payment uh, areas, making sure that the CSO and CISO is there from an advice and guidance perspective as well as a budgetary perspective to get business done is a great way, for example, to forge a relationship and one that will last into the future and gets the security function outside of the business of just controls for the sake of having controls as opposed to business alignment 
and assistance in those endeavors that add to the bottom line, the, the profit and loss of the company. So Chris, why is this collaboration, and, and maybe I shouldn't even say collaboration, perhaps this movement of the CISO to a more prominent role, why is this such a new concept? So Tracy, thanks for that question. You know, this is not necessarily a new idea at all. It's one that's been discussed for probably about the past five to even 10 years in terms of reporting relationships. Within the executive team, you almost always have a CFO, a general counsel, a risk professional, the CIO, and then head of products, uh, head of product development or engineering, uh, et cetera. The fact that the CSO is not at that table, not an executive at that table, makes a collaboration with the CFO sometimes harder, sometimes more distant, and doesn't allow for relationships to be built. We keep on having these conversations, I think, in terms of the reporting relationship, uh, very much so based off of the, the premise that all technology items must be grouped together. And as a result, CIO deals with technology, CISO deals with technology, so two should just be within a technology function. I think, once again, depending on the role of the CISO, the expertise of the CISO, the business acumen of the CISO, that there are very, very stark advantages to companies that want to move fast, want to move well, want to understand their market segment and create products that fit in there. There are some great advantages that can be had and borne by breaking out those functions as long as you have business-minded focused individuals to lead those teams in those areas. But we still have these conversations, even in restructuring that other companies that have been breached have had after their uh, consultants have come in. They've still established governance flows that are very much where the CSO is not at the seat at the executive table. And even in other areas, we see that as well. Even within the federal government, you know, we see the consistent theme and message of CIO at the table and the CSO or the CISO is not there. I think that Changing the paradigm and the relationship there is a necessary thing, and it also allows and affords for a greater opportunity for the CFO to be in collaboration and to understand the security of the company as well as what that individual can do to help them from a business perspective. Yes, Chris, it's definitely an exciting time to be watching some of these things change, and I'll be anxious to see how things unfold over the course of the next 10 to 12 months. So thank you again for your time today. I appreciate it. Tracy, thank you very much for your questions today. It's a great topic. Look forward to continuing talking about it at this year's RSA conference. Again, we've just heard from cybersecurity attorney and CISO Chris Pearson. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.